0: It was another entertaining week in the NFL as week 2 has come to a close. A lot of headlines to get to. Some really great thrillers on Sunday and some quarterback injuries to get to on this episode. Bilal and I will recap all of week 2 and look ahead to week 3 in the NFL. Are the Las Vegas Raiders for real at 2-0? and Who are some of the surprises? Denver, Carolina also 2-0. and We're going to talk about all of that on this episode, so keep it locked, stay tuned, and don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Twitter and Instagram for more sports news and analysis. And welcome back to the island, folks. Jay Sahota, Balalahi, back at it for another episode of Baller Island. Week two of the NFL is in the books, and my God, what another wild week. In the NFL, this is only two of 18 weeks of football plus playoffs deep into February this year. And, man, it is already not disappointing at all after a long offseason it's been. B, we got a, a whole crap ton of stuff to get to from week two. And, I, I mean, I don't even know where to start.
1: Dude, uh, it's like every, you know, we get a treat, it feels like, every Sunday. Monday, Thursday, it's just the, the gift that does not stop giving, man.
0: Uh, honestly, I mean, who would have thought Washington and the Giants on Thursday night would have been as good as a game as that was? Sunday night's game between Baltimore and Kansas City was an instant classic, and, it almost, and we're going to get right into this, but it almost feels like maybe that next quarterback rivalry might be Mahomes and Lamar Jackson because... That was as good as a game as I think a lot of us have seen, and where we've been kind of waiting for you know, who's is it going to be Josh Allen and Mahomes? Is it gonna be Baker and Mahomes or Lamar. Like, we didn't know who's going to be Lamar Jackson finally overcame that hump on Sunday night at home and defeated Patrick Mahomes. That was Patrick Mahomes' first ever loss in September. We're gonna get right into that matchup and a lot more, but before we get to the NFL. We got one piece of news out of the basketball world in the NBA. Bees, one of his favorite players of all time, retired on, or uh, the, the other day, announced his retired 15-year veteran, one of the all-time best Dukies in basketball, your boy, J.J. Redick. Man, how you feeling? This guy
1: already said J.J. Redick. I mean, <laughs> what the, I mean, he's a 15 year vet. I mean, good career, but I'm slow the roll here a little bit.
0: Oh no, nah, I had to hype it up because I know, I know you're a Carolina fan, so I had to hype that up. I had, I had to make that up. I, absolutely not. Oh. Now nah, you, you hate JJ Redick, but um, no, nah, I mean, he's a he, he was a great player, wasn't an amazing player. He was a fantastic shooter, especially in his days in Duke um for all that but yeah I mean it not a lot to be hyped up here he had 15 years um had some of his best years I'd say with the Clippers went went to the Sixers briefly and then bounced around a few times after that and then finished up in Dallas so you know again yeah I just wanted to quickly shout out the but more importantly I kind of just wanted to just mess around with that one (laughs) just mess around with that one but um, but congratulations to JJ Redick on a on a 50. Anytime you do play, you know double digit amount of years in any sport, it is definitely an accomplishment. So, uh, congratulations to JJ Redick on his retirement. So, moving things back to the NFL, jokes aside, now week two was it was a wild one, and some of the takeaways from week two: there were upsets, there were games that were down on the wire, there were injuries to get to, and I'm gonna start with. Really, I mean, we'll get to the unbeatens left, but we'll start in the AFC. There are two teams, and and, and this is why we love the NFL, right? There are two teams who are unbeaten in the AFC. And who in the heck could have bet that the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders would be the only two unbeaten teams after two weeks in the AFC?
1: Unreal. The Chiefs are sitting at third in the division too. Like, I feel like I just got a screenshot the Chiefs in third place and just like, See that I was there to witness that because this is just hilarious. Like, these are two teams that we thought were going to be at the bottom of the league. We thought, well, I thought the Raiders are going to be in the mix for the number one overall pick. It's just really weird to see. I mean, this is exactly why we love the NFL and this is parody all over the place, man.
0: Absolutely, this is exactly why we love the NFL and and yeah, I, I agree. I didn't I didn't think the Raiders were going to be this guy. It's only two weeks, right? You never know. Teams start two and zero, and they could go in a losing streak. You know. It's a long season, right? You don't know, but but statistically and historically, according to facts, teams that start two and zero and and potentially especially if you go three and zero, the odds are very much likely that you end up in the postseason. And did for they the start three zero last year? The Raiders did not start three and zero last year. I will bring that up. for exactly what they were, but I am more than certain they were not three and zero last year. They were six and three in the middle of the year but i do not think they started 3 and 0 but as for the denver broncos they i mean they've had a good start to the year they're 2 and 0 as well i mean i'm i'm surprised but also not totally surprised that they're 2 and 0 because they've had a pretty light schedule so they started with the giants and then the jaguars and they got the jets on sunday so the broncos could most definitely be 3 and 0 after the first three weeks the raiders were 2 and 1 actually you know what you are correct the raiders started 2 and 0 not 3 and 0 They were 2-0 last year, and look how that ended. So you know what? Maybe this isn't any different than last year, but I think I'll tell you why this is a little different. The Raiders usually, and not just the Raiders, but teams on the West Coast perform really poorly when they go to the East Coast for a 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time game. Horrible. And the Raiders have done horrible. Take this in last year. They barely beat the New York Jets in December on the East Coast, right? They went to Atlanta also on an in an Eastern time zone game and got absolutely killed 43-6. to six. Usually teams do not perform well. There, there was a stretch, I believe, of almost four or five years where the Niners didn't win a single 1 p.m. game. The reason why I say this is different is because, first of all, they beat two really good teams. Last year, they beat Carolina and New Orleans, right? New Orleans, sure, that was impressive, but Carolina, eh. This year, you go in and you beat Baltimore, who has shown, even though they got a lot of injuries, to be one of the better teams in the AFC. You beat them on Monday night in an instant classic. Now you got to go cross country to Pittsburgh, who's coming off of a very impressive win at Buffalo. And you win that game going from a Monday night game and then a quick turnaround going to East Coast to play a 10 a.m. Pacific time game against the Pittsburgh Steelers in their home opener and beat them 26-17. to 17, I think that's pretty damn impressive, and that's why I say this year is a little bit different than last year.
1: No, I can never. I feel like I get hyped up with the Raiders every year, bro. I just can't do it. I feel like this week, you know, they, they got Miami coming up, and, you know, Tua, he, he might not play. It's, like, looking like Oakland's going to roll over them, and this would just be, like, the typical, like, letdown game against a backup quarterback. And it's just Oakland, you know? I can't tr- – or not Oakland, whatever, Vegas. I can't trust the Raiders at all. They've shown it – they've done this so many years in a row, right? There was one year where Derek Carr was, like, top five and MVP. They had a crazy good year. This is like, they do this all the time. I just can't believe in them until they show me, man. I just can't do it.
0: I, I mean, it's fair enough, right? I mean, the Raiders have made the playoffs, what, once in, like, 15 years? So – I mean, I 100% can understand and get behind that. I'm just saying, it, it's first, it's really too early to say. And people have been throwing around this. It's not even, what, the Tuesday? It's been two days. And people are already throwing around all the Raiders for real, other for real. It's way too early to say if they're for real or not. But something feels different considering who they beat, where they beat them, how the defense, how Derek Carr is playing. Something feels different about the Raiders right now and only time will tell if that's going to lead them to the postseason. But it is a... I would call this de- most definitely an ideal start for John Gruden and the Raiders in a year that we've been talking about all offseason. We knew that the Las Vegas Raiders, this was a huge, huge year since the since John Gruden became that and signed that massive 10-year contract. This was a really big year for him and I don't think you could have scripted up a better start for them. And you look at their schedule... I was just going to bring that up. They, I mean, it looks very favorable. They got a bye week on week eight, and from now till then, they got Miami, the Chargers, the Bears, Denver, and Philly. You're not and even. And then after
1: that. the bye week, they got the Giants. Yeah, that's so all uh, and, winnable games. And the Miami one, Miami, I would say, is a tough matchup. But if two is not playing, they go backup the yeah, quarterback in yeah. that. So in the next six games, if they walk out of the next six games, six and two. I mean that—that's a real possibility.
0: Absolutely, but then again, there's the conversation of last year. They were also six and three, which right? is why and I can't—I they-
1: can't get anything. I mean, if they're six and two, would it surprise me? Yes. Would I st- put them in the playoffs right then? Pencil them in? No.
0: Yeah, it's about, it's about what you do in, in, in December. And they got some big games in December. I'll, I'm looking at this stretch here of four weeks they from got week KC, 12.
1: They got Casey twice in the second half of the season. Yeah,
0: yeah, and from week 12 to 15, they got the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Washington after that, right? Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, if all goes to plan, should be back for that game. <laughs> Fitzpatrick, I the Raiders do not like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Then you got to go to Arrowhead and play Kansas City. And then week 15, you got to go at Cleveland, which I think is going to end up being a huge game with playoff implications. That's a big four week stretch there in December that I think will make or break the Raiders in that week. Because before that, I agree. I think they're going to be seven and three or six and two somewhere in between there. That December stretch is going to be huge. And that will end up making or breaking the Las Vegas Raiders. Whether save, they be a wild save, we got to
1: save not. the, We got to save the for real conversation for that stretch. right? Agreed.
0: There. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I'm most definitely not ready to say, are they for real? And it's way too early for that. Having said that, I do feel like something feels different. It's just a matter of, you know, how the season progresses for them. But Derek Carr is playing out of his mind. The defense looks different, which is something we haven't seen in like two decades. You know, something's in the air, and we'll see what happens. And like you said, this Dolphins game, if Tua's healthy, could be a little interesting. If it's Jacoby Brissett, I don't really know. So we'll see what happens with that. Denver, I think it's too early to determine anything with them yet. I think it's kind of the same thing. Got to see, you know, how this plays out. I'm not surprised where they're at right now. But it's something that I got to wait to see because they got the Jets, but then they got Ravens, Steelers, Raiders, Washington, Dallas. After that, so things get a lot harder for Denver after that. So, I'm not gonna spend too much time talking about Denver, but I don't, I, I'm not gonna say they're for real or not. I think Denver's gonna be a good team down the stretch, but I don't know if they're gonna be in the wildcard conversation come December.
1: So, they basically got three of the worst teams in the league in their first three weeks they got the Giants, Jaguars. Yep. And then the Jets. Like, how could how does that even work out? How is that possible? But I'm gonna so out of the 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 AFC West, KC's. We we both agree are going to be in the playoffs. Yep. Out of the next three, who do you think has the best shot to make the playoffs? Because that's a pretty good division. If if Denver and Oakland keep playing the way they are, I was expecting the Chargers to be pretty good too. So, out of those three teams, you see any of those three teams making the playoffs?
0: It's funny, because the Raiders and Denver are both 2-0, no one's really talking about the Chargers. And the Chargers almost defeated the Cowboys. They could have been right there in the 2-0 conversation as well. And you look at the, hey, the Chargers' next four games? I mean, my lord. Kansas City, Raiders, Browns, Ravens, and then after the bye, they got your Patriots. The -hmm. Chargers have a tough schedule on their slate. In the next few games, if I'm going to say right now, looking at scheduling and all this, I like the Raiders having the best odds at making the postseason right now. But obviously, when you look at in terms of talent and who could get there, I'm with you. I love what the Chargers can do. But looking at the different schedules here, I think the Raiders have a significantly easier schedule than the Chargers do right now. But you're right. This division, I mean... I mean, you you called it. You called it about a month ago. You said the AFC West's potential to alter. Everyone talks about the NFC West, but the AFC West is a loaded division as well.
1: And we're not even talking about, like you said, the talent on on the Chargers. I mean, Oakland, that's been the thing with Oakland that we've both said. They got talent. You know, Darren Waller gets thrown the ball 20 times. Rugs. it feels like he gets one over the middle, like once or twice a game where he just burns people. And then, you know, josh jacobs i still i still think he's good Kenyon drake is the backup they got dudes on defense now and then even in in denver jerry judy who played in that first game before he got hurt was just killing everybody he was matched up with and like it looked like the hype was real for jerry judy he gets hurt then you have your boy sutton over there getting going wild in that game so it's like they got some talent too i mean like this there's Division just got lots and lots of talent. And then we're not even talking about KC yet, but like those three teams, like they're on paper. You pencil it out is they're pretty good, man.
0: Absolutely. And I guess, you know, I, I'll, I think we'll stick with the 2-0 and trend since we're talking about Vegas and Denver and the AFC. So I'll just get right to the 2-0 conversation in the NFC. You got in the NFC West. Yeah, the Rams defeat Indy 27 24. That game got a little weird near the end there, but LA ended up coming out of that one. Arizona and Minnesota. My God, what a game that was. That was a shootout and a missed field goal at the end by Greg Joseph has Arizona sitting at 2 0. Kyler Murray is, I mean, Jesus God, this guy is going to make me lose sleep when the Niners have to play them because he's just playing. It's in, absolutely incredible right now. The stats that he's putting up, the way that he's playing it's he he is literally a cheat code. And it's bad enough that I that, that I've had to deal with Russell Wilson twice a year, and I gotta deal with Kyler twice a year. It's just oh Lord have mercy. But you got them at 2 0. My Niners are 2-0. The Buccaneers, no surprise, they are 2 0. Absolutely destroyed the Falcons on Sunday. Tom Brady with five touchdown passes. Does it ever end? I don't think it's gonna ever end at this rate. And then the last one's Carolina, which I think is a bit of a surprise, defeating the Saints 26-7. to I think that was one of the more of the surprising results of the day. So kind of rounding out the 2-0 teams here, which ones are you more surprised with? You talked about the Raiders and Broncos. Is there anyone else there that you're kind of impressed with or surprised with?
1: Man, I'm just, I'm just going to say this before we even get into these 2-0 teams. I don't think there's one team in, this, in, the, in the whole NFL that I can point to and say that's the favorite. Like, I feel like this year is just wide open. I don't see any team. I don't see one good complete team. Do you? Tampa? I don't think they're a complete team, dude. I think, I mean, the Falcons put up 25 on them, and they put up (laughs) six against Philly. Their defense, I mean, Tampa's defense is not looking like what
0: we thought it was at all. Yeah. Okay, but here's the thing. They put up
1: 30. I mean, Dallas didn't even uh, try to – throw uh run the ball and they still put up 30 on
0: them. Yeah, that is very true. But the thing is, Tampa can do that and their defense, yeah, they Todd Bowles' defense certainly does not look like what we anticipated. And you look back to last year, the defense didn't really get going up until late December, anyways. But this offense is just no, disgusting. No, no. I'm, not, I'm
1: saying, I'm saying who's the most complete team in the league? Complete if I were to team. pick Fair if enough. I enough. were to pick a complete team the most complete team in the league right now, I would, I, I would lean the Rams. I would I, lean the Rams.
0: I can see that. I can see that. And I think with the Rams, and, and guess what? Guess who plays each other on Sunday? The Tampa Bay that Buccaneers is... and the Los Angeles Rams. We're going to get to that later on when we preview week three. I just think that's it. That's going to be an absolutely incredible game for week three. I'd say that is literally a, a preview of a postseason game. I think those two teams might be the two most complete teams in all of football when yeah, you look at it straight so. in the face. But for me, sure, if you want to talk complete teams, again, it's only week three, right? Teams aren't going to be totally complete until, you know, as the season goes on. Kansas City's defense looks atrocious. Tampa Bay's defense, I think, is still kind of coming to the own. Don't forget, Tampa's had a lot of injuries in their secondary as well. Similar to my Niners, we haven't had the greatest secondary luck either, especially a cornerback. So a lot of injury issues early with teams. I think Tampa's still the team to beat, in my opinion. I just think this offense is just so goddamn loaded at this point that Tom Brady is making this look so effortless to throw five touchdowns. Gronk looks like he's 25 again. It's ridiculous. For me, it's Tampa. But for teams that I'm impressed with are 2-0. For me, it's got to be the Carolina Panthers. This is a team that I knew was going to be better than expected. I thought they were going to be a fun team. I've mentioned that quite a few times over the offseason. I really did think that this was going to be a good opportunity for Sam Darnold to be in a system with new guys. Joe Brady's a pretty good offensive coordinator. And you put him with McCaffrey and DJ Moore and, and all these guys. And Robbie Anderson. And Sam Darnold has done really well in his first two games. I know they beat the Jets, who aren't very good week one. But the Saints look fantastic in week one, and they completely shut them down. in Week. I know division games can get a little weird, but Carolina, for me, is a team that I think, if they keep this up, it's still very early. But if Carolina can keep this up, I think they, they could be in the wildcard conversation in December. But we got to see if they can stay the course here. And But but I really like what I'm seeing out of Carolina. There's not a lot of things that I don't like. Obviously, they're young. But Sam Donald, I don't think, has been given the right chance to be successful. When you're in the New York Jets organization, you're not in a good position to be successful. Now you're in Carolina, new regime. We'll meet You and I both are a fan of Matt Rule. I like Carolina. I like where this is going, and, and it's a, a very good start for them.
1: Well, I'm going to chalk up. So the first one against the Jets, and that's... You're talking about the Jets situation. We saw what happened with Zach Wilson this year. I mean, yet this past week. I mean, I feel like it's oh just going to happen deja vu for Jets fans. But this this New Orleans one was a real weird one. I don't really think of it too much. I think it was just a weird division game. I feel like it was a typical letdown for the Saints. You know, you just beat destroyed the Packers. I feel like, you know, Carolina was at home. It was just a, you know, division game. I'm not really making too big of a deal of that. But look at their schedule coming up, right? They get Houston coming up on Thursday, Dallas on Sunday, which is a winnable game I think. Philly the next the next week, Minnesota who might be just trash. Then they get the Giants, Atlanta, and then they uh New England in like week 8 or something like that. So they honestly could be a team that's like like 6 and 2, 5 and 3 already at that point too. So their schedule looks, you know, pretty easy. And maybe they make noise in that division. Maybe they, I mean, it might be between them two and them and the saints battling out, maybe if they can get a wild card or something, but I want to go back to that Tampa point. I'm not, so Tampa's defense is what I'm worried about, right? Obviously I'm not worried about Brady to me. You know what this season reminds me of? I don't know how much of, of this Sunday's game you watched of Tampa, but I don't think I've seen them run the ball one time in the red zone in both weeks. I swear I swear it looks like this is what it reminds me of it reminds me of that year in New England when Brady was just putting up numbers like in 07 he was just putting up numbers he's like I'm not I'm not running off the ball I'm I'm throwing the ball I'm getting a touchdown pass I'm getting my stats up and that's what it feels like it feels like he's pissed off for some reason I don't know what he's pissed off about you just won the Super Bowl and it's like I'm not, I'm not audible length to hand off. Even if the, this isn't the right call, I'm throwing it because somebody's going to get open. I swear he's just trying to boost his numbers. And is, it looks like he's just pissed. It looks like he wants to go 17 and 0, throw for 55 touchdowns and set a record. I mean, it just, I don't know how. This dude's 44, bro.
0: 44. It's, it's again, nine like nine
1: touchdowns I'd... in two games.
0: I, I, again, I have no, I have no words to explain it anymore. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's incredible what what Tom Brady just does. And it's just, it's not going to end. And your boy Gronk also is just a red zone machine while he's at it. But you're right. Red zone Robbie G. You see that yesterday? Yeah, I did. That was (laughs) pure comedy, man. I was, I was absolutely hilarious. But you're right. The, The Buccaneers do not run the ball a lot. And in looking back to Sunday's game against the Falcons, Leonard Fournette had 11 carries for only 52 yards. And then Rojo had six carries for 27 yards. It it wasn't a lot. And they don't run a lot. And it's funny that you bring up 07. That was the last time Tom Brady had this good of an offense, right? 2007, he had an absolutely loaded offense. And this year, it's very similar to that. And it's an absolutely stacked offense. And maybe that is what Tom Brady's going for. I mean, we all know what he's going for. He's going for another Super Bowl. But... this offense just looks just absolutely insane that the defense will, once the defense finds its groove, they're going to be really scary. But right now it's very early. I'm not going to be surprised if the Rams beat him on Sunday. I really won't. I think it's still early in September. It'll be a little weird, but for me, I just think it's Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. He's playing at an absolutely ridiculously ridiculous level right now. It's, it's just, it's difficult for me to say that they're not the favorites at, the, at this point. But I, I totally get what you're saying about their defense, though. They're, they're not... They're nowhere... They definitely are having a hard time stopping offenses. And again, a lot of that has to do with the secondary. And then rolling it back to Carolina. Yeah, they, their schedule's very favorable. Houston, Dallas, Philly, Minnesota, Giants, Atlanta, New England, a lot of... I mean, really, their only real big game is at Arizona, and that's week 10. I uh, I mean... And then you got Tampa twice in your last game, and then Buffalo. So December is going to be really tough for the Panthers. But yeah, it's another team that I think will be in that conversation when I look at the wild card situation. So I think Carolina is a team that definitely we should keep an eye on down the road. So going rolling back here to some of the other great games on Sunday. How about that Thursday night game, the Washington football team beating the giants in a close one. If it weren't for an offside and a drop ball, by Darius Slayton in a wide-open pass from Daniel Jones. It was a beautiful throw. Jones balls out. Giants lose again. They're 0-2 for the fifth consecutive year. Heineke balls out for Washington. Any takeaways from that game?
1: It's a thing, man. I think I saw this thing. It said Heineke was a backup in the XFL two years ago. I mean, dude threw for like 50, threw 50 passes or something like that. He's, got, he's a gamer, man. He's a gamer. I mean, we've only seen him play twice, but, like, you know, there's some people you can just tell. He ain't scared. He just shows up and balls out. And I got major respect for that.
0: He absolutely does. I think he really earned a lot of people's respect in that playoff game last year against Tampa. And, yeah, he threw the ball 46 times. He was 34, 46, 336 yards and two touchdowns. He was great. Taylor Haneke is no scrub. He's a good quarterback. He comes Did you in, see that plays...
1: that two play drive? And it was like Excellent. Yep. the one to McKissick. And then that thought yep. in the corner of the end yep. zone. Like on like on the move, too. It is ridiculous. I'm like, how is this dude not a starting quarterback?
0: It's beautiful, honestly. And and I mean, poor poor Fitzpatrick. I mean, this guy's just really just snake bitten at this point because Haneke keeps balling out like this. I mean, I, I see no reason to go back to anyone else, so that's that's really tough there. But Washington looks good. McLaurin looked great, and Washington overall again kind of turned the page a little bit. They had a tough one against the Chargers week one comeback, beat it one against the Giants. But the Giants, man, I don't I don't know if I trust this team. I just don't. I I didn't really trust them in the beginning. I don't trust them now. When Washington comes out, they play really good football. Dallas still looks really really good. They finally have a defense. I got to say, I'm pretty impressed with the Eagles. I thought they were going to be hot trash, and they actually look pretty decent. Not really good, but decent. Like, they, they're not bad. They're not a bad team. Jalen Hurts looks pretty damn good. And that defense is not half bad from what I saw on Sunday against my Niners. So, Philly's not that bad. And the Giants, I don't even know, man. I just, i I, I have a hard time trusting the New York Giants.
1: Well, they're, I mean... The Giants said the Giants. So I mean, we knew this coming in. The Eagles are surprising. Yeah, they can make noise in this you know weak division. But I think at this point through two weeks, you're right. Dallas is easily the front runner. Washington has honestly been disappointing to me. Like I thought their defense was going to be a lot better than it is. Right, they lost a close one to the Chargers. That's understandable. And then in this Giants game, they did not look good. Right. Daniel Jones was moving the ball on them like he was getting anything he wanted and they really had to eke it out by some Heineken magic man I'm not I don't know what's going on with this Washington team man I I was really high on them coming in but
0: yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. And it's, it's it's the NFC East, right? I mean, y- you just never know. It's always going to come down to the last few weeks of the season. No team in that division is going to be insanely dominating, really, since the, the Super Bowl Eagles team a few years back. But since then, there hasn't really been a dominating team. And also, don't forget, there hasn't been a back-to-back winner in the NFC East in, like, well, maybe 10 years or so. It's been a really long time since there's been back-to-back NFC East champions, so that's something to keep an eye out on too, but that was a heck of a ball game on Thursday night if if the games keep rolling like that on Thursday, that would be great and then the late window on Sunday was just insane, I mean every game was just wild, except the Tampa Atlanta game was close at one point until the two pick sixes and then that was a wrap, but the other three games were magnificent, I mean the Cardinals and the Vikings that was just a shootout, Cardinals won 34-33 at the buzzer G- Gus Johnson was made for that game. I am so happy that he called that game because he was made for a game like that. That was amazing. The Cowboys went at the buzzer against the Chargers. That was a great game. And then <laughs> the Tennessee Titans and my guy Derrick Henry beat the Seattle Seahawks. That was the cherry on top on my day. But, I mean, m- m- my God. I mean, where to start out of these three games? Which one you know, were you kind of looking at and what were your takeaways from these three?
1: There's all over the place, man. Kyler Murray, I I feel for you, man. I, how could you watch that dude and not root for Kyler Murray?
0: Like, he might be. I can't. He
1: might be. Are you going to get mad? He's, he might be the most fun player in the league to watch.
0: Not at all, bro. I love Kyler Murray. I hate that he's in my, (laughs) he's in the NFC West. I hate that he's in Arizona Cardinal because he's just getting started. I'm going to have to deal with Kyler Murray for the next, like, Nine, ten years, but I love him as a football player. He's just, he's, he's amazing to watch. He's going to give me fits twice a year, but that's fine. <laughs> I'll hate him twice a year. And then the rest of the year, I, honestly, I cannot hate the guy. Russell Wilson's a little, you know, was a little more easier to to, to, to get on my nerves, but Kyler Murray, this guy's just like something else, man. I mean, we, we play him in a few weeks and week five, we go there and I just think that is going to be a hard game. I, the way that he plays, his first two games, four hundred yards. Like this guy yeah. was insane. We, we, I don't
1: think we ever would have liked. Like that's not what we really think of Kyler Murray as. And then his like the weapons that he's throwing to us feels like every option he has runs like a four four on the outside, and it's like that team like they move the ball. They it's a fun team to watch.
0: Yeah, they're good, and I I truly do think. I don't know if all four teams make the playoffs. I think it has a pretty good chance at it. I think three out of four make the playoffs, and I don't know who it's going to be, but somebody ain't making the playoffs. But, man, it is going to be really, really close. And those divisional games are going to be everything this year, mm-hmm. like more yeah. important than any other year. It's it's going to be absolutely wild. But the Cardinals look good. I mean, I got to say, they do look pretty good. And I, I, do I trust Kyler Murray? Absolutely, I trust Kyler Murray. The one thing, and I've been saying this for a while now, the one thing that makes me not trust the Cardinals is Cliff Kingsbury. I do not trust them, and it's still really early because the Cardinals looked hot at the beginning of the year last year too. So i got to wait and see about the Arizona Cardinals. But Kyler Murray, my God, he is a problem. Minnesota, though, I mean, man, I, 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 I feel for them. These are two games. They lost in overtime to Cincinnati week one. They play a game as good as you can. Out on the road, at Arizona, and then to lose like that on a game-winning field goal to miss it, I mean, that is really tough for the Vikings.
1: I think their season's done, man. I mean, these two games, they played they played high, but, like, you got Seattle and Cleveland next. I don't see them winning either of those two games, and uh, if you start 0-4, it's a wrap.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's not looking good, and, and although I love Mike Zimmer, I think he might end up being on the hot seat, and I don't know. Things things could be turned upside down for the Minnesota Vikings, and it's crazy because it's a game like that, you know.
1: A missed you, field goal, man. Yeah,
0: a like, missed field goal, and if you beat Cincy in overtime last week, all of a sudden you're two and zero instead of zero and two. Again, that's the NFL for you. And Dalvin Cook had a great day. It went for over yep. hundred yards, like it was. Hundred and thirty
1: yards. Kirk threw for three touchdowns. You know, Jefferson and Thielen both had six catches they often they put up 33 points
0: they did everything and, right
1: and they they had a 37 yard field goal like that's that's more than makeable
0: yeah no they they did everything right man everything right and they just couldn't finish it they just couldn't put the cherry on top cousins played great put them in a position to win and i don't know man the defense came up clutch a few times but i mean it was it was a terrific game and it's just it's unfortunate i I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna. Lie. I was, I was, I was pretty pissed off. I'm like, really, man. I I need these NFC West teams to lose them when they can, man. A game like that is 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 just brutal. And luckily, at least one of them it was either them or Seattle. I'm glad one of them lost. So moving over to to Seattle and Tennessee, I mean, it got to the point where Seattle was up 30 to 16, and I was like, man, that what the hell is wrong with the Tennessee Titans? And then Derek Henry finally woke up. Came back to his normal self and just dominated the game late in the fourth quarter, like he did, like he did last year and the year before that. That's Derrick Henry time. And the Tennessee Titans finally got back to their football. But this is my problem with Tennessee. They do the same damn ish every year. One week they look like absolute garbage. Tannehill doesn't know where he's throwing. The defense looks lost. Derrick Henry's not running the football for more than, like, 25 yards, and they get blown out like they did last week against Arizona. Then they go into a hostile environment in Seattle where the 12s are back for the first time in a year, and they look like trash in the first half, and then the second half, all of a sudden, everything just changes. Julio Jones is going for over 100. Derrick Henry's running through guys, going for over 100. Derrick Henry was catching passes. When does Derrick Henry ever catch passes? Like, every, everything started going right for Tennessee, and Russell Wilson did something we're not used to seeing, and that's choke late in the game.
1: Well, I feel like Tennessee, it's not that hard, dude. Like, last week, I, I think Derrick Henry had, like, 60 yards. You know, in the first half, Derrick Henry didn't do anything. What do you do in the second half? Get your best player the damn ball. Like, how hard is that? You just give him the ball. The dude ended up with 41 touches. Right. Thirty-five rushes and six catches. And, 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 41.
0: and also let me point something out real quick and before you finish your thought. Two really impressive things too on that note. Taylor Lewan did not suit up in this game and Roger Saffold came out later in that game. Those are two of their best offensive linemen and Derrick Henry played like that.
1: Just give him the ball. I mean, I feel like when Tennessee gets down early, they just stop stop feeding him. They just go to the go to the pass. And T- Tannehill's not the dude that's going to bring you back like that. Just give your ball to best put play- ball to the best player. They were down, didn't abandon the run. Kept giving it to him. Dude had what two hundred and thirty all-purpose yards, three touchdowns. Just like how many? I think he's had seven games with two hundred yards. That is Excellent. ridiculous. That Beast. is ridiculous. And at, this is the time when you know when you're. I mean, he's been. A, a premier running back for a couple of years. This is the time your body starts to break down after all this abuse and, like, too many touches and just grinded it out. This is the time your body starts to break, break down, and I thought this might be the year after that week one. Dude rebounds with 230 yards. My bad. I will never say that.
0: Facts. No, Derrick Henry is just – he's just different. Like, that's the only thing that I could probably say is the guy's just built different. And he has these games often. Like, he'll – He'll get off to a rough start in the beginning, and then he'll just pop off in the second half and nobody can tackle him. That's just what Derrick Henry does. That's why they call him King Henry. It was an absolutely sensational performance. I'm not, I'm not really surprised. I kind of thought this game was going to be like this. I thought it was going to be a lot more low scoring, but it wasn't. And Seattle, I'm, I'm not going to lie, they, they played a good game, had their usual, you know, Tennessee's defense, their secondary looked completely lost in that first half on a few plays. So I mean I'd say they got lucky, but I'm not totally surprised by this result. And again, thank you Tennessee for giving an NFC West team a loss because I'm glad that not all four of us are two and zero after two weeks. But I mean, man, what a game! That was that was a heck of a ball game. And it's again, it is not every day that you see Russell Wilson with the ball in his hands late in the game, not win the game. That was a little bit different against Tennessee's defense too. It's not like Tennessee's defense is you know amazing or anything. So that was definitely something to see. Also, in that late window, the Dallas Cowboys beat the Chargers 20-17 to in a nail-biter there as well. Tony Pollard, not Ezekiel Elliott, went for over 100 yards. Dak Prescott leading this team in the two-minute drill to a victory in this one.
1: Yeah, there's some weird stuff going on in that backfield. It feels like Tony Pollard, you know, get getting just as many touches as, as Zeke. 13 um, 13- Attempts for 109 yards, dude, averaged eight and a half yards a carry. That is that's ridiculous. But he's got burst, Greg. The leg, you know, I think he redeemed himself from week one 57 yard bomb to end it off. I mean, hey, talk about saving your roster spot,
0: absolutely. And and remember how last week I talked about this with Dallas. I said, This defense just needs to learn how to get the turnovers were great last week, but you allowed 31 points, right? They got the turnovers but you still lost the game and you gave up 31 points. You just got to learn to play in these more low scoring affairs. Let Dak do his thing cuz Dak looks good and he once again looked pretty good on Sunday. He had the one interception, but other than that played pretty good. The running game went pretty well as well. The Cowboys looked good and then the defense they got two takeaways, but most importantly the final score was 20 to 17. But- those are the kind of score lines that you need to and be on the winning side of those. To be a playoff contending team,
1: that, that was a weird game, though. It's like I felt like both offense are just getting whatever they wanted. Like, it felt like there was one punt in this game.
0: One that, punt. that's a bit of a shocker,
1: and the score was 20 to 17. Like, that's Herbert weird. still threw for 340. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, that's just a weird game. How does it uh, combine score 37 and there's only one punt in the whole game?
0: Yeah, it, it's a very – it was a very strange game because I thought this game was going to be super high scoring. With Everybody, both dude, You are not Just,
1: alone. I thought it was going to be 800 combined passing yeah, yards in this game.
0: Yeah, I, I did. But, but that's what I mean for Dallas to win a game like that, have Dak play decent, they got the running game going, and that defense, there's something that seems different about this defense, and I think it's a really, really good thing for Dallas – it's still really early, and the Dallas Cowboys are the Dallas Cowboys, right? But I do think something seems different about this defense, and to win a game like that, down to the wire, game-winning fuel, and to only give up 17 points, I like that for Dallas. That's a, that's a good win for them, and they got an, an interesting one against Philly on Monday night, so that was interesting too. And then the last of the thrillers on Sunday, my lord, Sunday Night Football, Ravens Chiefs, Game first possession. Week. First possession of the game. Lamar Jackson throws a pick six to Tyran Matthew, and you're thinking, oh Lord, here we go again. And instead, the Ravens end up winning this game 36 35 late, thanks to John Harbaugh going for it on fourth down. That's what I love about John Harbaugh is he is one of the most gutless coaches in the league, and I love it. And for Got that you. reason, you gotta be gutless to beat the Chiefs, like you. You, you cannot, can't. You're, you're
1: not giving the ball. You're not giving Mahomes the ball, a minute thirty down by one. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not. pretty sure they watched that Dallas uh, Bucks game on the opening night. Exact same scenario would have been. There's no way you're doing that.
0: Absolutely. Especially
1: not. since they hung thirty five on you. Like you haven't been able to stop them all day.
0: Yeah. No. You. You have to be aggressive to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's what the Ravens were. Lamar Jackson was phenomenal and I think the one thing that I got to say about Baltimore because both of us were kind of riding them off this year I had a little bit more faith in them than you did but we both still kind of rode them off due to the injuries but I think the one thing that we both kind of forgot and I think we have to be reminded of it now is that Lamar Jackson is just a super super special talent and that is something that is not to be ignored sure they don't have much of a run game but they got Lamar Jackson who can run over 100 he was a leading rusher in this game Lamar did what Lamar does and he was fantastic all night long. He's he's doing it in the air. He's doing it with his legs. And I, I do think this is something that when you look at Baltimore, you're like, sure, they're dealing with the injuries. But Lamar Jackson is stepping up. They could have easily been 2-0 and on Monday night against the Raiders. But to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, I think this is a really big deal for Baltimore going forward. Yeah, and it's like,
1: uh, Lamar, when he runs up the middle, it's isn't it like just so like, it's just so fun to watch. Like he does this like little um, cradle with the ball as he like kind of swims over people. It's just so sick. He makes guys miss. But this game, I mean, the the big play of the game was that rookie on on Baltimore that forced the fumble on on your boy Edward Siler over there, and that was the first fumble this guy's had in his whole career. And it comes down to that. And then the gutsy fourth down call after that kind of secured it. But this game was weird because it was like, I, I feel like both teams, when they went away from what they were good at, it, the other team did well. It was like every time, like, Casey was just eating him up. Like, Mahomes still threw for 343, three touchdowns. Like, he was getting anything he wanted. And they still, and they might have given out the blueprint to shut down uh, Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill was a non-factor all day. And they try to do screens, anything to get him involved. But it seemed like he was a non-factor. And he was still getting anything he wanted. It was like Pringle was getting involved, Hardman was getting involved, and then obviously Kelsey was still getting his. But every time then you go and you run it, you go away from your style. You run it, fumble, that's the game. I feel like, you know, just do a little three-yard screen to Kelsey because you want your best players touching the ball. And then for Baltimore, it felt the same way. Just let Lamar Jackson run. Lamar's getting eight yards of carry, it seems like. Literally eight. I felt like Baltimore was just running up, straight up their throat, getting eight yards a carry. Then when Lamar drops back to throw, it was just like – it was brutal. He threw two picks and some really bad throws. He's jumping up in the air, and it was just bad. It's like both these teams, when they stuck to what they were doing, they had success. And I feel like this is a way bigger deal for Baltimore than it was for Casey.
0: Absolutely. Oh, for KC for this is not a big deal. Like Mahomes was even though it seemed like it would never happen, it was bound to happen for him to lose in September and it was bound to, you know to happen to lose to one of these young guys. But For Lamar Jackson to be the first one to do it is a really, really big deal because that's what we were kind of waiting for, right? Who's going to be Patrick Mahomes? Who's going to do it? Because if no one's going to do it, Patrick Mahomes is going to be the next Tom Brady and play in every single AFC Championship game for the next 10 years, which honestly, I still think there's a high possibility of that happening. But the thing is, who's going to beat him, right? Who's going to be that? Peyton Manning, Joe Flacco, right? Really, those are Eli Manning, sure, are like the only three guys that could beat Tom Brady. Who's gonna do that to beat Patrick Mahomes? Lamar Jackson finally did it, and that's a really big thing for his confidence and knowing that he got his first playoff win last year. Comes in second game of the year with all the injuries, all the odds stacked against him again, and to beat Kansas City on prime time is a really, really big deal. And I don't think a lot of people remember this. Everyone's talking about John Harbaugh and Lamar going for it on fourth down. I'm a rewind here to 2019. They're on the road. It was like week six or week seven. One of those weeks. Ravens are on the road at Seattle. Hostile environment. And they were in the exact same situation. Ravens were in the red zone. They needed a score to win the game. It's fourth and goal. They went for it. Lamar ran it in. And the Ravens won the game. And they went 14-2 that year. John Harbaugh is an extremely underrated head coach. I think a lot of people give him respect. But he's sometimes lost in the conversation when people are talking about best head coach in the NFL. Good talk about Belichick, Andy Reid, Pete Kale, Champagne, blah, blah. John Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in all of football. And he showed it on Sunday by being aggressive, not giving a damn, and saying, screw it. We're going for it. We got to beat these guys. And they did it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Baltimore. That was a really, really massive win for them.
1: I love it, man. Harbaugh, you're right. He don't get the respect he deserves, man. That gutsy call. And it's like, yo what do we have a better chance of, right? Lamar's got a fourth and one. And I mean, if you don't get that fourth and one with your best player, you're going to lose the game. But if you punt the ball and let Patrick Mahomes have it, you're going to lose the game. So I'd rather have my best player decide my fate.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was a just a, a great game. And a, and honestly, I'm I'm here for it to see round two in January. I'm here for it. I think that was a, just an exceptional game. I really do think that this could be the next great quarterback rivalry going forward. I think we're kind of waiting for it and seeing who's it going to be. And I think this has all the potential to be it because it had those things, right? There was the longest time where it's like, well, you know, Manning can't beat Brady, right? Or then Brady can't beat him. There's a whole thing. Now it's same thing here. It's like Mahomes has dominated Lamar. When's Lamar going to beat Patrick Mahomes? Now he's beat Patrick Mahomes. A rivalry can't happen until someone has beaten the other person, right? Now it's happened. So I think it has, It definitely has a lot of potential um, for it to be the, one of the next best quarterback rivalries going forward. Um, rounding out week two here, some of the headlines here. So there were some big injuries here. Tua Tagovailoa goes down for Miami. Andy Dalton goes down for Chicago. Tyrod goes down for Houston. Baker goes down for Cleveland, but he should be okay. And then Carson Wentz, of course, Carson Wentz, gets, goes down for Indianapolis. Out of any of these injuries, which one kind of stands out to you?
1: I think Carson Wentz is the biggest deal. I mean, it doesn't stand out from a shocking point, but I think it's the biggest deal. I just, I don't, how is, I, they said he's sprained both his ankles on that one play.
0: I don't know how the hell that happened. How
1: is that, how do you sprain both your ankles?
0: No idea. That I, is, I don't that know. Is,
1: that is weird, but I mean, I feel like Tua, Tua hasn't really impressed me at all, and I feel like Brissette is a serviceable enough backup. But if we have Jacob Eason playing for the Colts, and the Colts are already a little bit, you know, they're 0-2, right? Yeah, the Colts are 0-2. And yep. If they had got Jacob Beeson yep. playing from now on, it, it's this season's a wash for them.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's it's not looking good for them, and they got a tough schedule coming up. And if Baltimore is going to play like that going forward, and they got momentum on their side, I, I, I don't know. And the Raiders look good, and Denver could be a surprise team. It's just... I really don't know about India anymore. Do I think they have the team to do it? I do, but it just seems like they can't solve the missing piece to the puzzle. And that's the quarterback position. If they can figure that one out, which again, this was a year that, that, that had all the potential to do it in this year's draft class, right? You could have potentially solved that piece with that, but instead you trade for Carson Wentz and look how that's turning out. I feel like Carson Wentz is just always injured and you just, it's, it's almost impossible to rely on that. And I don't know, man. It's 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 not looking good for, for Indianapolis. It's not looking good. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. I think Tuas is a pretty big deal for Miami as well. If he's not healthy, Jacoby Brissett did not look good for Miami. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Um, just rounding out the last headlines here from week two. So Justin Fields came in for Chicago. They ended up beating Cincy 20-17. Browns beat the Texans 31-21. Rams beat Indy 27-24. The Bills got back to their winning ways by dominating Miami 35-0. You're New England Patriots. And, man, Belichick just absolutely dummied Zach Wilson in this one, throwing four interceptions 25-6. My Niners beat Philly 17-11 in a slugfest. Denver beat Jacksonville by 10. The Bucks demolished Atlanta. And then the Green Bay Packers returned. Back to their normal ways. The real Green Bay Packers are finally back and doing well. They beat Detroit 35-17 on Monday night football. So we, before we go to the rapid fire picks for week three, out of the 0-2 teams, which team are, do you think is the most in trouble here? And I think you and I both are kind of eyeing at Minnesota and Indy. Everyone else eh, it's not looking too good as being contenders, but Indy and Minnesota, two, two contending teams here.
1: I mean two teams that have enough talent to be in the playoffs that's for sure but I mean yeah like we talked about Minnesota schedule coming up man it's like if you start off 0-4 it's a wrap if Carson Wentz is going to miss any of these next couple games it's a wrap put a bow on
0: both of these teams. Agreed yeah you don't you don't want to lose any more games here and if Again, I I had Indy losing and struggling early in the year, like one in four or so, anyways. But if Carson Wentz was healthy, they would have the opportunity to get back to their winning ways late in the year. But Carson Wentz is just so unreliable right now, and if he can't be on the football field, I I, I don't know what to think for Indianapolis. And as for Minnesota, I don't know. I feel like this team or this season could just unravel before it even starts for them. And and the last two games start the year couldn't have gone worse for them to play really really good but to come out with losses, I don't know if I had to bet on one of these two teams being able to turn it around. I'd say Minnesota because really? Kirk Cousins is slightly more reliable. Having said that, we've talked about this on previous episodes, the whole COVID situation with Kirk Cousins. No. Right. I'm
1: gonna take I'm gonna take the Colts out of these two, but just because their division's super weak. I mean, I feel like fair enough they can just rack up wins in that division. I don't even trust Tennessee that much too, right?
0: No, Tennessee's very up and down. They're an extremely hot and cold team. But at some point, you need your quarterback to be available. And I just don't think, at least if Ryan Tannehill, you know, rounds out the whole year, Tennessee will end up 9-8, and 10-7 and, and winning the division. If Carson Wentz is not there, do we really trust Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger to come in here and... You know, win some games for Indy. I just don't know if that's going to happen. That's why I don't. Indy has everything. Like I said they just have the missing piece to the puzzle and they just can't figure it out at quarterback. That's the only reason. I love Indy. I every year I say the same thing about them. They have all the pieces. I love their coaching staff. They got it. They have everything of all the ingredients to be successful, but they're just missing one thing. And it's ironically the most important part in order to win a game, and that's the quarterback position. So that's why I'm I'm not feeling great about Indy right now. Yeah, so I'm for, not feeling
1: great about either, to be honest with you.
0: No, I, I, I'm i saying I don't feel good about either. I said I'd, I'd feel a little bit better about my odds betting on Minnesota being able to turn it around, because I think Kirk Cousins will be able to stay healthy. Having said that, then there's the whole COVID situation, so he's technically not the most reliable in that regard. So... <laughs> Both these teams, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just just deem them as Minnesota and Indianapolis are questionable to return to relevancy. Anyways, moving on players of the week. I just want to shout out a few of these performances. We already talked about Kyler Murray. What a game. 29 for 36, 400 yards, three touchdowns. Fantastic. Talked about Derrick Henry, 35 carries, 182, three touchdowns and 55 receiving yards. That doesn't happen every day. Tom Brady, 44-year-old, TB12, 24 for 36, 276 yards, and five touchdowns. And then how about Cooper Cup in L.A.? Nine catches, 163, and two touchdowns. Hell of a day for those guys. I just want to give them a shout out because it was a heck of a game. And
1: Aaron Jones, man. You can't forget Aaron Jones. um, Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And I do also want to give Aaron Jones a shout out because he was playing with some other stuff on his mind. I had no idea his dad had passed away. That's pretty damn cool that he comes out, scores four touchdowns. And I'm glad he found his necklace as well at the end of that game. But that's a pretty cool story. That's that's a really tough thing to, to deal with. So I'm happy that he was able to go out there ball out the way that he did. A lot of love for Aaron Jones in that game as well. Big game for them. So before we go on to the rapid fire picks, game of the day week 3 and sneaky good game of the day. I feel like we both have the same game of the day in week 3.
1: I mean, there's no other option, right?
0: There's not there's not a ton of great games on the week 3 slate, but so I'm assuming Bucks Rams is kind of where you're going for game of the day.
1: Hell yeah, man. This is the two best teams in in the Two out of the three best teams in the league, in my opinion.
0: It certainly is. And in the NFC currently, I'm, I would definitely agree with that right now. I, this is just a heck of a game. And I think when you look at the top four teams in the NFC, I think you got the top two playing each other. And then you got the next top two right below them. I think three and four of the NFC playing on Sunday night in San Francisco between the Niners and the Packers, I think, are right behind them. So you got the top tier in the NFC going at it on Sunday it's going to be a fun that, one. That Buc-
1: is good, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a great game. But Buccaneers-Rams, I just think this is going to be so interesting. And this might be a hot take or not, but Matthew Stafford has never had a game like this. He's never had a America's Game of the Week or primetime premier matchup because Detroit never got games like this ever. So for him to be playing in the America's Game of the Week slot, Buck and Aikman against Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time in New SoFi Stadium where the Super Bowl is going to be held. All eyes are on you. This is a really, really big game for Matthew Stafford. This might be, this is what I'm saying, this might be a hot take. This might be the biggest game of his career because he's never been in a game in an environment like this. He's not used to being on the big stage like this. So I think the last time I could say Matthew Stafford was in a big game of his career, sure, you can count the playoff games, but... Th- those playoff games yeah, were kind of eh. He had the one game where they lost to the Packers on Sunday night for the division, but they lost. This is a massive game where you got to crack at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
1: I fully expect them to come out red hot. This is a perfect... Uh, this is going to be a shootout, man. This is going to be hella fun, this game. Both ways. I feel like Brady and Stafford... I mean, it could be like eight touchdowns between the two of them.
0: There could. Or it could be like a 23-17 game. Who the hell knows? Two great coaches, two great quarterbacks, a lot of talent on each side. I'm here for it. I cannot wait for that game. My sneaky good game of the day, I think there is, it's not a great slate, but I'm actually going to go to Monday Night Football, Philadelphia at Dallas, I think could be an interesting game. I think you look at the way that Dak Prescott's playing, the way that Jalen Hurts is playing, that could be a good game. I got to say, I was impressed with Philadelphia's defense. They played very well. They shut out my Niners for majority of the first half. They played a real. They played a really good game, and I love Jalen Hurts. He's a great quarterback, great player. The play calling got a little sus at times, but division games can get really competitive, and I think this has potential to be a good game.
1: That's a good one. I was actually looking. I mean, the NFC East games are always wild, and that could be uh, that could be going. I got two here for you. I got the Chargers and the Chiefs. Yeah, I feel like is a good game. I feel like. Uh, Herbert's gonna put up points. They had a really good game last year too, and uh, you don't see uh, the Chiefs having to come back from a loss every day, so that could be a, a high scoring one. And then I'm gonna go Patriots and the Saints. I think we're gonna learn a lot about these teams after this week. I feel like those two teams both had a, a really weird game last week, and I feel like we're gonna learn out of these two who's who's actually good. It's gonna be a weird game.
0: Agreed. I was going to point that out as well. I'm excited to see that matchup. Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, two of the best minds in all of football. Um, I'm excited to see how Jameis Winston doesn't bounce back from a Carolina defense that sure is good, but I don't think any of us expected to be, you know, for him to play that bad against them. But now you got to face New England's defense, who absolutely dummied Zach Wilson. Now we got to see what they do against Jameis Winston, what he can do against this Patriots defense and against Bill Belichick. I am very intrigued by that game. I think that so that game, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of intrigue in that one. That game could get really interesting. So let's get to it. Week three, game by game, Thursday night football. Carolina, 2-0, goes to Houston. It will, at least it's looking like it will be the NFL debut of Davis Mills in this matchup. Panthers, Texans, who you got?
1: Panthers laying minus eight and a half. It's too big for me to take. I'm gonna go Texans. Cover the spread. They don't win the game outright. I think it's 20, 30, wa- no, 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 let's do that. I'm going to go 23-17 Panthers.
0: Yeah, I think this is going to be close as well. I do think Carolina is going to come away with this one. I'm going to take the Panthers 26-20. to 20. I think Davis Mills is a decent game. I don't know a ton about the kid, but we'll see what happens.
1: That's the, that's the dude that, from Stanford. He was yes. a second-round yes, pick. Yeah, yep. yeah, He yep. was in the mix there. Some, some teams liked him a lot. I'm yep. actually excited to see what he can do.
0: Yeah, no, he, he's not a terrible quarterback, but we'll see what he's got. I got to say the Texans, I thought were going to be completely garbage straight out of the gate, but I got to say so far two games in, they have a little more fight than I thought. Some of these teams that I didn't expect a lot, honestly, I don't think they're going to be great this year, but they're showing fight. I think Philly, Detroit, and Houston are all kind of showing a I little mean, bit of fight here.
1: Houston, I was thinking, I'm like, they got too many, too many pros on that team, man. It's like disrespectful. Like Mark Ingram... You know, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, the, they have Amendola too, Cooks. The, like these guys are but, pros. You know I mean? they,
0: they're pros, but they're all older. Like that's no, the no, thing. No, no, but they, right? they don't.
1: They don't. They're not. They're, those guys aren't part of losing situations. You know what I mean? They, no, they're not used they, to it.
0: Yep. Yep. They that's come hard. out and
1: they play, you know?
0: Yeah, no no no, that's fair. That 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 is fair to say. All of them have been in winning situations before and they're not used to being a part of a losing team. Okay, I totally get that. I'll take the Panthers 26-20. Washington goes to Buffalo in this one. I think this could be a good game.
1: Yeah, I'm, I don't I don't know about that. In in Buffalo, minus 8 seems like a lot of points, but I'm actually going to take it, man. I'm going Buffalo with the blowout 31-17 against Washington.
0: I like that. I'm going to take Buffalo 34-23. I think Heineke is not going to have a great day. He'll throw for a lot of yards, but I think he'll turn the ball over two, three times. McLaurin's got a tough matchup, going against my guy Trey White in that secondary. I like Buffalo with that victory. Justin Fields, it's looking like it's going to be his debut back at home in Ohio, taking on the Cleveland Browns. What? How about that? Bears at the Browns.
1: Browns laying minus seven. I think they cover. I think they went 28 to 9.
0: Wow. Bad yeah.
1: game for Justin Fields. Well,
0: you think Cleveland, you think Cleveland smacks them that bad. I mean, I think it's gonna be a little bit closer than that. I'm gonna take the Browns 26 17. I think Justin Fields will be okay. I didn't think he wowed anybody in that game against Cincy, but I'll take Cleveland bouncing back in this one. I, they beat Houston, but I think they, they won't have Jarvis Landry. But maybe Odell sights in this game. We'll have to see. But I like Cleveland. No, I just this can't one.
1: think. I think Bears old line against Browns from four. Fair
0: enough, fair enough. Yeah, rookie quarterback first game. Yeah, I I can see that. Ravens go to Detroit.
1: Ravens minus nine on the road. I'm actually gonna take the Detroit lines to cover. I don't think they win. I think this is a bit of a. I've, I've I've actually been been kind of impressed with Detroit. I'm not gonna lie. I think Jared Goff has looked pretty decent. I'm gonna take the Ravens to win though. Still, so I'm gonna go twenty-six to twenty-one.
0: I I gotta say the same thing. The Lions have showed a lot of fight. They don't show that. They're going to fold and give up like they did with Matt Patricia over the past few years. And I like that. I think that's a really good sign for a new regime and what Dan Campbell's trying to build. And you're right. Jared Goff, surprisingly, has not looked that bad at times. Having said that, I like the Ravens in a blowout here. 38-23. I think Lamar Jackson's going to come in with the momentum on his side. And Baltimore has a day in Detroit. Indy at Tennessee.
1: Indy at Tennessee, man. This is a weird game. I don't know. Are we we assuming Carson Wentz is out for this game?
0: I'm going to assume Carson Wentz is not playing in this game.
1: All right, so Titans minus five and a half. I'm taking it. Just feed King Henry the Rock, man. 31 to 15.
0: I'm going to take Tennessee 24-16 in this one. Division games can get kind of weird at times, but I think Tennessee ends up coming out on top. Chargers at the Chiefs.
1: Chargers at the Chiefs. This is going to be a shootout. Still think Chiefs covered a minus six and a half. I think they went 38-31.
0: I'll take the Chiefs 30 to 23. I think Justin Herbert comes in, has a good game, but Mahomes, Mahomes doesn't lose twice in in or back to back games. That just that just does not happen. They're at home. Can't see it happening. New Orleans at your Patriots.
1: This is gonna be a weird one. I think it comes down to a field goal at the end. Patriots
0: win 24-21. We got the same thinking here. I got I like New England 23-20 in this one. I think Belichick shuts down Jameis Winston. It's going to be hard for them to move the football. And Mac Jones does what Mac Jones does. He's game managers, plays it safe. And I like that. I think that's what New England needs. That's what they're used to. And Mac Jones making a good impression so far. I like the Pats 23-20. Falcons at the Giants. This could get ugly.
1: <laughs> I don't even know. This is, yeah, Giants minus three. Do I really are they really favorites in this game? I mean, I guess it's the home team. I'll I'll, I'll roll with the Giants. I'm gonna take them twenty three seventeen.
0: I'm gonna take the Falcons on the road twenty four twenty one. I think Matt Ryan comes in, plays hard, gets some help from his team, and I I think this is gonna be an ugly game. And I don't know. I I like the Falcons. I like how they've been playing so far. But I don't think this game, this game is gonna get kind of ugly. Bengals at the Steelers
1: angles at the steelers now this isn't surprising me i thought the steelers would be favored by more but they're only favored by four and a half in pittsburgh gotta take it i'm gonna take pittsburgh to win 27 to
0: 21 i'm gonna take the steelers 26 23 the steelers are worrying me a little bit it's weird they had a great week one win against buffalo and i was like all right here we go pittsburgh's coming back you know they're gonna be back to normal the defense looks great then tj watt gets hurt now, Roethlisberger's apparently hurt, and this offense doesn't look good, and I don't know. I think Pittsburgh will end up prevailing in this one, but it's going to be close. Pittsburgh, 26-23, but I would not— Did they I say
1: would T.J. Not... Watt is playing in this game?
0: I have no idea. I think it's still too early in the week to determine that, so we'll see later in the week if that will happen. But, I mean— They they struggled without him. They did. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals somehow, some way upset the Steelers. But I can't see Mike Tomlin, the Steelers, losing two in a row at home. I just can't see that happening. So I'll take the Steelers by three. Cardinals at Jacksonville. It does not get any easier for Trevor Lawrence at all.
1: Cardinals minus seven and a half. I mean, I feel like when the Cardinals are a favorite, it kind of scares me off. So I'm going to take the Jaguars to cover. Cardinals to win 28-23.
0: Okay, yeah, f- fair enough there. I'll take the Cardinals in this one, 33-17. Cardinals keep it rolling. The Jaguars have not looked good at all, and Kyler's going to keep things rolling. Jets at the Broncos. It will be the Broncos' home opener.
1: Broncos, 10.5. Too big of a spread for me. I think the Jets are going to be real frisky. I think it's the ugly one. I think it goes 21-14, to 14 Broncos.
0: Yeah, I can see that too. I think it's going to be a close one near the end. I'll take the Broncos' It'll be a close one, but I don't like Zach Wilson's odds going over to the Mile High City. Denver's defense has been better than expected in that one. Dolphins at the Raiders. Will Tua play or not? I'm going to assume he does not, but if he does, I'm still going to take the Raiders in this game. I'll take them 27-21 in this one.
1: If Tua is in, I'm taking the Dolphins. If he is out, I'm taking the Raiders. That's just that's what I got to go with. I'm, I'm, if he's in, I'm taking the Dolphins to call it an upset. I don't really think it's much of an upset, though.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, honestly, if Tua's playing, I wouldn't really call that an upset either. I, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. Game of the day, Buccaneers at the Rams. Both teams 2-0. So far is going to be rocking. This is going to be an excellent one.
1: Rams are the favorite here. I assume that's because of the home team. But I feel like I just got to take Brady anytime he's an underdog. So I'm going to take the – I was almost at the Patriots. I'm going to take the Buccaneers, 35-28.
0: I'm going to take the Rams win an upset here. 27-24. Twenty-seven, twenty-four. I think it's going to be a really tight game. Going to come down to the wire. I, I do think the Buccaneers, I don't know. I think it's still early. They're going to lose the game. And if they lose the game early, it's probably going to be this one. I think the Rams are going to be riding high, but they'll end up falling down to earth later on that one. A, this
1: could be a look-ahead game for the Bucks. You know, when they they got the paychecks next week, they could be looking
0: ahead. Yep. 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 It could be a enough. bad spot. I mean, how did I I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But I think, no, nah, they wouldn't look ahead. The Rams are one of the best teams in the NFC. It, I, it, this will be a great game. Seattle at Minnesota. Seattle minus
1: two. I feel like I got to take that all day. I feel like the Vikings just, you know, I don't know about them. I'm taking Seattle to win 30 to 16.
0: Seattle wins this game handedly, twenty-eight to seventeen. I don't, I don't, I can't see it. I think Russell Wilson bounces back from a loss. Green Bay takes on my Niners. It, it will be our home opener at Levi Stadium as well. It seems like every time Aaron Rodgers comes to Green Bay, it's just it's a disaster for him, except for last year. But last year, n- literally none of the starters were playing. I don't even think last year even counts. I mean, we had like fifth stringers off the streets starting in that football game. Who are you liking this one?
1: I know every every sign points to the Niners, but I think this is a must win for the Packers just to get back on track. So I'm going to take the Packers to win this 28-27.
0: This will be a closer game than I think expected. I think the... I, I expect. It seems like every time the Packers play the Niners, I expect the Packers to do something. I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for Aaron Rodgers to pop off. This is going to be the day. But it just seems like he can't ever do it. And obviously, this is... I will probably, get you're probably going to keep this receipt by me saying that. But I, honestly, I expect the Packers to come out, play a good game. It's going to come down to the wire. I'm going to take my Niners, 27-24. It's going to be a close one. My guy, Robbie Gold, finishes it off. And we get the dub there. Monday night, Eagles at Cowboys.
1: Yep, Colts are Cowboys are minus four. I'm taking the Eagles to win outright, though. I think this is going to be a real mucked-up division win. Eagles win this one, 21-17.
0: I could see that. I'm going to go Cowboys 26-23. Going to be a close one. Going to be a good one. It's going to be a scrappy one. But I, I like Dallas in this one. I really love the way that defense is playing. And, and Philly's play calling was a little eh last week. So we'll see what happens there. Week three, going to be a good one. Let us know who you got this week and what you're watching for. Going to be a fun one. Cannot wait for this. Be final thoughts.
1: Man, let's hope those prime time games keep going, man. Those, It's so much fun, man.
0: Peyton and Eli are
1: killing it, too.
0: They are killing it. Honestly, they should just make that the the normal Monday night telecast, honestly. Like, they literally should. It's so much more entertaining and, and fun to watch. But, I don't know. We'll see if ESPN makes the move. I doubt it. But we'll see what happens there. That'll do it from this week's episode of Baller Island. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. And... Keep it locked next week as we will recap week three of the NFL and we'll preview B's Patriots. We'll welcome in Tom Brady next week. We'll got that one all covered there. So we'll see y'all next week and enjoy another NFL Sunday. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Baller Island. We got a lot more content coming your way, so make sure to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.